Super Bowl champions, Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. It's Wednesday, February 27th, 2019. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, the Flyers continue their playoff push, but now without the Wayne train. Wayne Simmons is going off to Nashville. The Sixers are still winning, but are doing it without Joel Embiid. They're, they are quiet at the NovaCare Center, and I guess I'll be uh, – I just got to get it out. I'm done with the Bryce Harper nonsense. <laughs> Yeah, I hear you on that front, Bill. Enough is enough. We'll get to him later. Uh, you mentioned the Novacare complex. There was some news today. Of course, Nick Foles is officially going to be a free agent, so we'll discuss that hopefully at some point. Um, we're also going to get to the hockey stuff, as you mentioned. We will squeeze in some Sixers talk. Uh, they, they pulled one out the other night, but they did not look good in that fourth quarter, and, yeah, there are the injury concerns. And also on our show tonight, another round of Random Q2 going to be fun. Oh, yeah, and we've got a couple great guests that I'm always looking forward to. Uh, both are repeat uh, guests for us. The Flyers legend Brian Propp will be joining us to talk Flyers. And the Phillies director of fun and games, John Brazer, will be making a return visit as well. Yes, sir, Bill. And, hey, I just want to mention, talking about guests, how much fun we've been having with our guests in recent weeks, from Glenn Mack now to Mark Zumoff to D. Lineham to Steve Potter, Keith Pompey, First-time visitor Scott Fransky last week. And, you know, we probably only covered about a quarter of what we would have liked to with Scott. One thing I wanted to mention to him last week and talk to him about was this little piece of audio from October of 2010. Just about a quarter to eight, October the 6th, 2010, the first postseason game for Roy Halladay. He winds the 0-2, swing and a dribbler out in front of the plate. Ruiz out to get it. The throw from his knees. It's his time, and it's a no-hitter. Unbelievable. Ruiz and Halliday embrace, and the Phillies again celebrate around Roy Halliday. I love that call oh, by Scott. Now great back to moment, you. great moment. We'll, we'll yeah. have to we'll have to put that in storage for uh, when we get back with uh, with him because that that's a great one, great soundbite. Absolutely. Hey, Chad, I wanted to hit you up on the Sixers. Uh, as you said, they're still winning without Embiid. They move back into the fourth spot, just a game out of third in the East, which is just about right where they want to be, I think. Yeah, definitely. But uh, they do have some work to do. And, you know, with Embiid hurt and now Boban out for about a week with that knee injury, fortunately it wasn't as bad as feared when he went down last Saturday. Uh, they're going to be okay, or Monday I guess it was. They're going to be okay, I think. But uh, I'm a little concerned about Embiid with this injury. And hopefully he'll be back Saturday. We don't know yet. He'll be reevaluated on Saturday. But they need him, certainly, for the stretch run. We'll see. Yeah, what do you think about – are you surprised that Harris has been the one that has been picking up the scoring slack uh, the last few games? He's been their high man. No, not surprised at all. I mean, he's a great player. That's why they got him there. Butler's kind of taken a you know little step aside for these guys not getting quite as much action, but Harris came up big certainly the other night, and they needed him to, so that was great to see. Uh, we're going to talk more Sixers hopefully at some point in the show, but let's get some hockey talk here, Bill. Absolutely, and, uh, you know, I can't wait to talk with our, our guest, uh, Flyers legend Brian Propp, uh, because I think coming off that Sunday outdoor game uh, this weekend against the Penguins, what a great event for Philadelphia sports, and I can't wait to get Brian's take on the whole alumni weekend and everything that happened uh, over at Lincoln Financial Field. So with that, let's welcome Brian Prop back to the show. Welcome back, Proper. Hey, how you guys doing? Fantastic. Doing great. Hey, Brian, this is Chet. Thanks for coming on with us again. Um, Brian, as you're well aware, the Flyers traded Wayne Simmons to Nashville on Monday, and it made me think, you know, Simmons was an eight-year Flyer. You know what it's like. In fact, it was 29 years ago this Saturday that you were traded to the Bruins for a second-round draft pick, by the way, after 11 years with the Flyers. So let me ask you, how tough was that for you, leaving the team that you had till that point spent your whole NHL career with? Uh, well, that was uh, it was easy for me because I got hurt uh, at the end of uh, my uh, that, that, that year, and so I just came back like a, a week before I got traded, and, and I was going to be a free agent. And so, like, uh, you know, at that time in the 90s uh, with Jay Snyder running the team, 
you know, we weren't sure what, what was going to happen, and they wanted to go with younger guys. But uh, Bob Clark did a good job with me uh, getting me to Boston so I could have a chance to win a Stanley Cup. Fantastic. Well, and what did you think of the uh, of the debut we got last night from our trade piece? Uh, quite a, quite an effort. Oh yeah, it was, uh, it was exciting. You know, the, the, the fans loved him, and uh, and it's uh, it's good for him to get started that way. Uh, that uh, that means a lot for him. Absolutely. Hey Brian, so, as, go ahead, Bill. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, Brian, as the, I wanted to hit you up on Sunday, as I mentioned in the opening, uh, the, the Penguins game. What did you think about that whole entire event and playing it at Lincoln Financial Field? Uh, the fans were crazy. The event just looked like it was a super event for Philadelphia sports and uh, certainly helps that they won. Oh, it had like 70,000 people there, uh, which was uh, huge. And everyone was looking forward to it. I'm glad that they didn't cancel because it rained and it was cold. But uh, they they got it through. And at the end, you know, they got lucky with a break uh, with the 20 seconds left. And they got a point, And then they won in overtime. Yeah, Brian, let's talk about that whole weekend. Before the, the big game Saturday night at the Link, there were various other alumni activities. I guess there was an alumni legends game Friday night. You were there. Bernie was around with the, the Stanley Cup for the weekend. Uh, how much fun was that whole weekend for you and the other alumni? Well, it's it's always a lot of fun for our alumni because uh, Hartner was uh, is a rookie in that hockey game, and uh, Briere was playing. Kimo Timono was playing there, and uh, Nick Schultz, who is a, is a young guy, was uh, doing. It. And then we had Brad Marsh and a couple older guys, and so it turned out to be a really nice event. And it, and it helps uh, the Snouter Foundation because we're le- learning to uh, re- redo the rink at class of 23 because they were looking for a place to build a rink for the uh, Snouter Foundation, and so they decided to, and uh, they're going to spend uh, $7 million to help uh, fix it up. Wow. I was going to ask you about that being at the Class of 23 rink. Uh, I understand that was a full house. How many How many people does that hold, do you know? And, and I think it was is, a, that still, is that still owned by – I'm sorry? Yeah, it's 20, there are 2,500 uh, people there. 2,500 to see the alumni. That, yeah. That's fantastic. Is that rink still owned by the University of Pennsylvania? I'm not sure, but I, I know that my daughter plays uh, in a ladies' uh, league uh, there. And uh, but uh, you know it needs to be fixed up. But uh, and, and, and you know the, I know that the Snyder Snyder uh, Foundation uh, rents a lot of ice from that, uh, so it, it, it'll help them to build their programs. Awesome, nice. Hey Brian, let's get uh, to talking a little bit about the current Flyers. Um, what are your impressions, first of all, of the coach, Scott Gordon, since he's taken over for Dave Haxall? Is Gordon doing a decent job, and will he be considered to be brought back as the permanent guy? Well, I think so, because uh, ever since they uh, brought up Hart, uh, like he won a few few games uh, and played really well, and uh, it gave them a chance to win. And so, you know, they've won uh, 10 of the last 15 games, and so they, uh, that, that gives them a chance to get in the playoffs. And uh, you know, so he did a good job, but you know, I think that with the goaltenders playing really as well as they have the last uh, 20 games, uh, they've been outplayed almost every game, and so you know it's only time you know before something can can not happen. Well, Brian, speaking of Carter Hart, uh, obviously he gave this team quite a quite a shot in the arm. Um, so did Anthony Stolarz before he was dealt, and Brian Elliott has played pretty well since he's been back as a player, what does, what does it mean to have a goaltender like that behind you? Who now all of a sudden as players on the ice, you have confidence in that every mistake isn't going to end up in the back of the net. Well, it makes a huge difference. I know that when we were in the eighties, uh, you know, we had Pete Peters and then Pally Lindbergh and then uh, Ron Hexel. And so they were all the top, a top, goalies uh, in the league and and so you relied on them a little bit more and you felt comfortable with them i mean look at the, look at that we're going to have like a record amount of uh, goalies this year and for the flyers and uh, i think when uh, the other goalie plays uh, the next next week uh, i mean uh, it'll be like what seven or eight goalies in, yeah, the, eight. in the year so <laughs> that's that's crazy but uh 
Yeah, Elliot uh, has come back, and he's uh, played really well. Hey, is it my imagination, Brian, or are some of the young guys starting to play better again all of a sudden? We're talking about Provorov, who was not real good earlier in the year. He's playing better. I think Nolan Patrick's playing pretty well. And Oscar Lindblom is doing really well. Do you agree that they are uh, showing signs of progress now? Oh, yeah. I, I, I really like the way that they're playing. Like, the younger guys are, are have figured it out a little bit better. Like, it's, it takes a couple years. You know, you don't just lead uh, that early. Uh, yeah, it takes some time. But uh, I think that they've done a good job of bringing them up, and uh, the, the young guys are carrying the team, and uh, you know that's that's what the leaders leadership's all, all about. Hey Brian, why why is it do you think that the the fan base, and I am certainly not one of them because I I really like the guy, but why is this fan base so rough on a guy like Claude Giroux? To me, to me, he's in that. Uh, He's up in that Mount Rushmore area of Flyers hockey with Clark, Barber, Lindros, Prop, Kerr, those kind of guys. Uh, I'm not sure how, how how they feel about that. I mean, I think that uh, he's been there like you know, 800 games that he's played, uh, and uh, he's been there a long time. And, uh, you know, it just, uh, you know, he had a, a couple times where he played in the finals, but, uh, you know, he's uh, – you know he has to help carry the team a little bit more, and and uh, the leadership has, is there. So you know it just it takes a whole group of uh, players that need to to play better, and and uh, they've, they, now they've got some injuries that are healed, and so that all makes a big difference. With Couturier playing as well as he has, you know he's a good leader, and uh, he's, he's going to be a good one for a few years. Brian, I was looking at the schedule today. The Flyers have 19 games left. They're seven points behind the Penguins uh, trying to get that final wild card spot in the Eastern Conference. Looking at the schedule, they have Columbus tomorrow night there. Uh, Then they play the Devils Friday night, a back-to-back. Sunday they host the Islanders, who are having a very good season. Next Wednesday then they host the Washington Capitals, who are right there with the Islanders. It's a pretty tough schedule, and still, like I said, seven points separate them from that final playoff spot. What do they have to do to make a serious run at a playoff spot? Well, uh, uh, it, it, it goes very fast the last 19 games. Uh, yeah, but they have to figure out a way to win their, the games before regulation. Uh, if you tie you know, and then have a chance for overtime or a shootout, it, it yeah. doesn't help that much. So you have to kind of make sure that, hey, listen, if you have a lead, you have to protect it. And you have to pick up the two points because at that time of the year you're playing against the other conference, like that. Everybody knows you know what's going on, and uh, so if you lose a couple times, you know that really does hurt. Hey Brian, on the power play, all of a sudden that power play is starting to get a little bit, little bit better. Uh, as, as a player, does, does the power play become a kind of a streaky thing? Where where all of a sudden you're ice cold, you can't find the net, and then all of a sudden one guess, one gets uh, through, and now all of a sudden everybody gets hot. Uh, yeah, well it depends on how you how you play. Like uh, last game, they had two power play goals early at the start of the game, which you know when you play with a lead, that makes a big difference. And then they had uh, Buffalo had to keep come from behind, uh, but although uh, Elliott played pretty well uh, that after that, but. Uh, yeah, it's, it, 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 it helps if you uh, have a couple a power play chance and uh, score a lot from that, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, it, it really does make a difference. Hey, Brian, shifting gears a little bit. I saw you last month, and I just wanted to, again, congratulate you on receiving the Philly Sports Writers Most Courageous Award at their annual banquet. That was a real nice honor. And you gave a terrific, moving speech in accepting the award. That was a special night for you, was it not? Oh yeah, it was really special because like I battled back from my stroke, and I, I talked to a lot of other people that have strokes, and so I, I try to uh, encourage them uh, a little bit better and, uh, and, and stay in, in in front of these people, and uh, you know, but uh, it was an honor for me because uh, I didn't expect it after uh, after three years, uh, but uh, it, it it meant a lot to me. And I should mention, you look and sound great. It's now been almost three and a half years since that massive stroke. Are you pretty close to being your old self again, Brian? Uh, yeah, as good as I can, I can uh, because uh, what I, I, my, my, my 
fingers don't work on the right side, and my right side still has a problem. But uh, I have aphasia, and uh, you know, I I still I keep working with that to make it much better. Like my speech has come a long way, and uh, and I still play hockey twice a week with a group of guys. I skated in the morning from seven to eight thirty Wednesday and Friday mornings. Two goalies, five on five, full equipment. Uh, so, but it it all helps me, and by me. Uh, being out and talking to other people, I think it really makes a difference for me just by by being there and talking a little bit more. That's awesome. I'll tell you what, you sound great. And uh, I was going to ask you, uh, you you show up a lot at a lot of events. You're around town. You're representing the Flyers a lot. Um, you, you're on social media a good bit. What What all are you actually out and about doing, and what all are you involved in? Uh, well, a lot of these uh, these, these days, uh, like I end up uh, uh, doing a lot of uh, things with uh, Ken Dunnick. Uh, he has Philly Man and Jersey Man events, and there's a, a lady, oh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Jenny Ryland. Uh, she does a lot of uh, things at Aldo, and uh, and uh, you know, and then with with my uh, Wolf t- t- uh, team, like I, I I do a lot with them and uh, the other events, and so. Uh, I, I stay active, and uh, but I, you know, it makes me uh, feel good, and uh, and I enjoy uh, meeting people and and uh, connecting with them. Brian, I want to mention also our pal Frank Fitzpatrick at the Inquirer did a great piece a week and a half ago, an extensive piece looking back at that 1979-80 Flyers 35-game unbeaten streak. You were a rookie on that Pat Quinn coached team, not just any rookie, but a rookie who scored 34 goals and had 75 points. Bill and I remember that year very well. What do you remember about that 35-game unbeaten streak? Uh, well, uh, I remember it was my, my first goal uh, was, uh, was a game winner with Bob Clark and uh, Reggie Leach, and then uh, and then I played uh, like 20 games with uh, Clark and Leach, and then I and I switched back to Billy and uh, Clarky and and Reggie, and then I went to Paul Holmgren and Ken uh, Lindsman. And uh, so, but it, it was it was special because we 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 won the first game and lost the second game, and then we had the 35 undefeated, and then uh, we, you know, but it just kept we kept going and uh, we played as a team. We had four late lines that uh, all connected, and uh, and uh, you know it, it was uh, special for me because when I was in junior, I didn't have to lose. I didn't lose, I didn't lose that much. I my my last year in, in Brandon Weekings, I only lost five games, and so that I was used to that. But uh, but having a, a leader like a Bob Clark, uh, he, I learned from him pretty early how to uh, work hard in practice and and always be competitive. Well, I was going to ask you as you were talking, you were throwing around those names of Clark and Barber and Leach and those guys. What was it like as a rookie? Coming into to the Flyers organization with guys that already won a couple Stanley Cups, obviously uh, they had already you know reached the greatness level, if you will. Uh, what was it like being a, a kid coming into that dressing room? Well, yeah, I, I, uh, I was I was pretty happy because I, I worked really hard with with Bob Clark, but I was really quiet. I was very naive when I when I was uh, 19 years of old, and so I, I didn't have to say much because uh, Bob Clark and, uh, and Barber did the talking for me, and so I just talked talk with my stick. Sick, you know, I scored more. Very nice, yeah. very nice. Well, hey, speaking of leadership, I was going. I wanted to ask you. We got off the current Flyers a little bit, but when when you're on a team that's full of young guys like this Flyers team, and you deal a guy like Wayne Simmons, who I think is was considered to be one of the, the top leaders in that uh, locker room. Um, how big of an effect is that? Is the leadership that big of a deal when you when you kind of know that a trade is, is probably imminent? Uh, yeah, but you, you have to you know make sure that you follow and, and get another new leader. But I think that uh, the uh, heart, the goalie, at 20 years of old, he, he's, he, he talks really well. And is very has a very calm and uh, and he's a, he, he he could become a, a good leader because the way he answers questions, you know he's he seems very mature. Yeah, he he definitely seems like he's ahead of his time. You you listen to him on the TV, he sure doesn't sound like any twenty year old, does he? No, no, no. Yeah, he's very mature. But yeah, and he started to play really well. You know, 
unfortunately he's still hurt now, but uh, you know he'll he'll get better, and uh, he's got a long future ahead of him. Hey, Brian, during your 11 years with the Flyers, you played for, I guess, four different coaches. I mentioned Pat Quinn, then it was Bob McCammon, Mike Keenan, of course, and Homer, I guess, was your last head coach. Who did you enjoy playing for the most out of those guys? Well, I really liked Pat uh, Quinn, but he only was there for a year and a half, and I hated to see him leave. Uh, and uh, then, then uh, Mike Keenan, I, I, I really liked the way he coached because he coached to win every game. And I love that about him. You know, even if he had to play two lines and uh, play a little bit, uh, a little more, uh, he didn't. He he didn't care, which which I loved. Uh, and uh, but and that, that's that's why we won a lot. But you know, having a guy like uh, Mark Howe and a Brad McCrimmon, who were like really, uh, two good defensemen, I mean, it really made a big difference there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hey, one final question for you, Brian, for me as as we head out. Um, how do you see this playing out? Does this Flyers chance, uh, team have a chance to jump these teams and make the playoffs, or you think uh, you think they got a chance to make a run? Well, I, I like to have, have they have a good chance because uh, you know it all takes like three games and you're right there in the in the middle of it, and then you you, know, you just get up uh, uh, watch the teams uh, after the, the time and uh, yeah, but I think that uh, the young guys are better and uh, the goaltender playing as well as they are, they definitely have a chance. Fantastic. Well, hey, Proper, we we appreciate you taking time to join us. Always great Flyers talk. You sound great. And uh, I know Chet and I both say the same. We are extremely happy for you. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks, thanks for having me. Okay, Thank you, Brian. you bet. Yeah, sure. You know, I'm a big fan of our Philly sports teams, and I'm also a huge fan of the Irish Rover Station House. For one thing, there's a great variety of food and drink, a terrific menu, plus lunch specials, dinner specials, happy hour specials, and always 24 beers on tap. Also, the bartenders and wait staff will take real good care of you, and they have trivia every Wednesday night and a DJ every Friday night, plus acoustic duos providing music most Sunday afternoons. But not this Sunday. As you hopefully know by now, Bill Furman, Fred Hugo, and I will be there as Philly Press Box Radio does a live on location show right there at the Irish Rover with Bleeding Green Nation's Brandon Lee Gowton joining us. We can't wait. Philly Sports Talk, Bud Light Specials, the Rover's Sunday Fun Day menu, giveaways, and a good time for all. Please come out and say hello. It's this Sunday, March 3rd, 2 p.m. at the Irish Rover Station House on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorn. We can't wait to see you there. Hey, Chad, just as a follow-up to that now, we, we've got uh, a few Philly Press Box radio shirts to give out, right? Yeah, we're going to give out a couple of polo shirts. We haven't exactly figured out how we're going to do it, but we will have some polo shirts there. We're going to give a couple of them away, and we'll have a few available for sale also at a special price. So come out and check us out, maybe buy a shirt, and uh, have some fun. They have beer specials and food specials, as we mentioned, and Chris from the Rover tells me they will have they'll have some Eagles gear to uh, give away as well, also courtesy Bud Light. That's right. And our sponsor, the Raz Room, PPCC 118 Raz Room, is going to have a Brian Dawkins jersey there too to uh, try out the Raz and see how that works. And uh, somebody's going home with a Brian Dawkins jersey uh, on the cheap as well. Yeah, you're going to have you're going to have to explain to everybody on Sunday how that Raz thing works because uh, you know one lucky winner is going to get a great deal on a you know great piece of eagles history so that'll be pretty cool yeah that's right looking forward to it can't wait for the people to come can't wait to get the irish rover station house be my first time there as well and uh it's going to be a blast yeah really looking forward to it all right well hey chet uh let's go ahead and get to our q2 time I, i'm unless you ask me something about that crazy show that was on on sunday night <laughs> I, i'm ready for you Oh, gosh. You got it, Bill. We are talking about Random Q2. This is week five of our third season of doing this. Random Q2, a little 10-week series that we do about this time of year, where over two minutes or so each week I hit Bill with two questions, one about a sports topic, something timely. The second question will be one of ten random questions that have already been written down about whatever. Bill will pick a number from one to ten each week for that one. He's used up four of those numbers already. A mere two minutes of fun or agony each week. And here we go with this week's. 
All right, Bill, one week ago tonight, Duke star Zion Williamson suffered that freak injury, a knee sprain in the first minute of a loss to rival North Carolina. He may return to action this weekend, but should he? Should he risk his professional future by playing any more this season? Yes, absolutely. Get back in and play the game. Uh, you know, whatever happened with the sneaker uh, was a that was a freak. What you know, that's happened once ever, probably. Uh, probably not good for Nike. They're not thinking it's a freak. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah I, I'd say you get back in there if you're healthy. You don't. I wouldn't go out there injured. Right. But if you're healthy, you got to go play. Yeah, I know. Some people say even if he's healthy, he shouldn't play again. Why risk it? Ah, come on. You know, you're there for at least a year. Play the game. Do the right thing. All right. For your second Absolutely. question, Bill, you know the drill. Pick a number. You have already taken 1, 5, 7, and 10. So any of those remaining six numbers besides 1, 5, 7, and 10. Uh, let's go with number two. Number two. <laughs> this is a good one, I guess. Bill, do you sing in the shower? I really don't want to picture that, but do you sing in the shower, and what is your go-to song? Uh I do not sing anywhere uh, unless I'm in my truck driving down the road by myself listening to E Street Radio. <laughs> then I might sing a little Bored to Run or Badlands or uh, something along those lines. But uh, singing to myself is not uh, something I do very often. I have several go-to songs, <laughs> including uh, Brown-Eyed Girl by Van Morrison, Somebody to Love by Queen, and a couple of David Bowie songs. They're, they're my shower songs, not that you care, but I just thought I'd mention that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I do, I do believe it or not. You probably find this hard to believe, Chet, but I don't sit in my truck on those long trips and listen to uh, sports radio all day. I actually listen to music. Oh, now see, that would that surprises me. I thought you'd be more of a sports talk guy. Now, football season, I listen to a little more uh, college football radio, um, uh, satellite radio, but uh, most of the time, I listen to music. There you go. Hey, John Brazier is going to be checking in with us in just a couple of minutes, but. Uh, you were at the Phillies game today, were you not? I was. I was, and uh, it went about I, – I stayed till the top of the seventh, and the bottom was getting ready to fall out. And I, so I took off. And, uh, but I'll tell you, uh, it was an empty house over there today at Spectrum Field. Probably, uh, I'm going to say, maybe 3,000 people. Well, it's early. It's still February. Everybody's sitting home waiting to see if Bryce Harper is going to ever you know, show up as a Philly. We'll, we'll ask Mr. Brazier about that, I'm sure. Um, regardless of what happens, I'm looking forward to this season. I know it's still February, but I'm going to be down there in March, going to a game latter part of the month. And, of course, I'll be at opening day, March 28th, a very early opening day this year, but I can't wait. Yeah, they uh, the first top six or seven in the lineup today look pretty much like they could be the opening day lineup, except that McCutcheon was the DH. Ranger Suarez was on the mound to start the game today. Um, but... Uh, Riamalto was in there. We got to see him a little bit. Um, Franco played again. Um, yeah, they they were pretty much in there. It was it was good. Starting to see them. Yeah, I, think, I think they lost four to two, but over the weekend they put up a lot of runs, winning a couple of games. So uh, still a long way to go before we get to the the real games. March twenty eighth, one month from tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Oh, and, and Reese Hoskins played today too. Yes. Yes. Hey, um, hey, speaking speaking of the Phillies, yeah. one more thing for you, Chet. You know, on Sunday the Phillies opened up over here. Well, it, it was the Tigers' opening game against the pro teams. On Sunday, I got to see that, and uh, that Dylan Cousins, he hit a ball, Chet. That my buddy, who's been in Major League Baseball for 26 years, said it was certainly the longest home run he had ever seen at Joker Marchant Stadium here in Lakeland, but maybe the longest home run he had ever seen. <laughs> he hit a ball over it, yeah. over the building in right field, which was over the bleachers and over a walkway and over the building. He got all of it. I saw the video he, of it. And, you know, the, here's the he, funny thing, I was I was driving, and I stopped at a 7-Eleven right as he came to bat, and I swear to God, I said, I'm going to run in and gra- grab a coffee. And I said, I bet you when I do that, he's going to hit a home run, and I'm going to miss it. I came back to the car, and I heard them talking about it. So I was right. Yeah, it was it was a monumental blast, I'm telling you. It was it was really something. Let's get our guest on, Bill. All right, with that, uh always fun and fun guy to have on and he has the title to prove it, Chet. Philly's director of fun and games, John Brazer. John, welcome back. Hey guys, how you doing? 
Fantastic. All right, doing great. Hey, John, this is Chet. Bill's with us also, of course. I'm sure you're happy to be back down there in clear water, just a tad warmer than it is up here. Um, any news on Bryce Harper that we can actually discuss, John? You know what? Uh, believe it or not, I get asked that a lot. I think we really? all do. Really? Um, yeah. I, I just I just got here in camp literally today. I was right. Um, I was I go to the, the East Coast with my in-laws just before spring training when I have to get down here. So I drove across Alligator Alley today and um, and then drove up the coast. So I got here at about the seventh inning. Um, tried to get up to speed. Obviously, uh, by I've been getting up to speed what everyone else has been doing by going on the internet and hearing rumors. So. I don't know. I, you know, I, I heard what everyone else heard that the Giants yep. are, you know, supposedly, um, you know, putting in a long-term bid. I guess it was always, it was, it was thought that the Giants and the Dodgers were putting in short bids, uh, four or five years, but not the ten years that that we were allegedly um, putting forth. I don't even know what what we're doing on our end. So all I can say <laughs> is I'm a fan, like like a lot of people in our organization, and we're trying to, you know, see if any sign is out there, but. You know, I tell you what, it's it's. Uh, I just wish this thing would be over because I think it's, you know, I think our organization needs to move on. I think uh, the team needs to get ready. I think he needs whoever team he goes to, he's gonna have to start getting ready for the season. And you know, it's 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 kind of a joke right now. So let's just let's, I, I just hope it gets resolved one way or the other. Well, John, I'm gonna tell you, you sound just like me. You, I, I've said exactly that same thing. It's almost like. Uh... Scott Boris is playing the Phillies, and it's making the Phillies look bad. And and you know what? I, I was over there today. I was leaving about the seventh inning while you were getting there, I guess, trying to get out of the rain. But, uh, you know, I think I see where they've made enough improvements that if I were going to spend the money, I'd go get one of those pitchers, and I'd move on from Bryce Harper in a hurry. Well, you know, there's still guys out there on the free agent market. So, you know, I'm not sure if we're – you know, I'm sure a lot of other teams, uh, and maybe even including ourselves, are waiting to see what happens with the Harper deal because you still have, I mean, you obviously have Kimbrell out there, you got Keiko out there, and you got other guys. Yeah. So I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I do love, I got to say, and I'm not just saying that because I work for the Phillies, but man, if you just look at it, what we've done so far, that to me, the Gene Segura trade in the very beginning was it, it allowed us to do everything else. So by getting Gene Segura, you're locking in a shortstop who can hit 300 in his sleep, can steal 20 bases in his sleep. Um, is a guy that can hit really anywhere in the lineup um, and, and plays a great defensive shortstop. And that was a hole last year because we were, you know, if you remember, we were putting Kingery and J.P. Crawford out there, um, and just, we weren't getting the production at the shortstop. Well, that obviously by trading uh, Carlos Santana, that allowed Reese Hoskins to go to first base, um, and it just opened up, made, made us better defensively there. That allowed us to get McCutcheon to put – in left field, it makes us better defensively there. So that kind of opened up a whole lot of room. And then, you know, then by getting uh, Dave Robertson, who, you know, I couldn't believe this when I read this, and I'm sure you guys saw that too. He has the most uh, strikes per per nine innings in, in the history of baseball. He has the most strikeouts per nine innings in the history of baseball, which is crazy. Yep. And how, how something like that can go under the radar for the Yankees because he was setting up, Rivera for all these years and you know he was a closer himself at some point but he's a guy that's very effective on left-handers even though he's right-handed um and then you know the icing on the cake was real muto so i mean here you're getting an all-star catcher arguably one of the best catchers in the game so you know i don't want to sound like a lot of people are going to say well he's an apologist and and maybe he's already uh apologizing for if we don't get harper uh, but no you know what if we don't get harper uh, to me we we've ha- we've had a very good off season and who knows what can be done this off season, and who knows what can be done at the trade deadline or or next off season. So we'll, but I just want this thing to be over because I'm sure, just like you guys, I'm asked all the time, what's yeah. Harper doing? I'm with you, and I, yeah, I do feel the same way. And I, I love all those moves. I think they were all great moves for the Phillies, and it should be a definitely a better year this year than last year. John, let's talk about some of this year's promotions. You have some of the old standbys, several dollar dog nights, kids run the bases games, two fireworks nights special theme nights, but there will also be three pretty special games that should get huge crowds, I would think, retirement nights for Jimmy Rollins, Chase Sutley, and Ryan Howard. What can fans expect going to those games regarding those three Phillies greats? Well, I just want to make sure everyone knows that it's funny because uh, Matt Klentak in the off season, he was dealing with, I think it was our season ticket holders, and he mentioned that uh, we are going to have a um, uh, – that we were retiring – the numbers of these players, and he, it was just a, a slip. He meant to say uh, that we're that they're retiring as Phillies, 
right. But then we had, I think Tom McCarthy was was uh, was on the um, uh, mic, and he, he said, well, I just want to let you know that we haven't retired their numbers, but they're going to be retiring mm-hmm. Phillies. So it's going to be very exciting because we're getting, again, all three guys. Um, we're, we're doing the, uh, I think the first one is, I'm just going to look at the schedule right now. Uh, the first one's going to be Jimmy Rollins. So uh, on May 4th, we're going to have Coca-Cola, Jimmy Rollins retirement night. So it's going to be very special. If you remember last year when we did Shane, you know, Shane got very emotional. Um, we did a lot of tributes throughout the game to, uh, to Shane. So, you know, you're talking to guys like Jimmy Rollins, the three guys that were the, the huge part of that 2018. Um, so that's going to be very fun. So, again, that is the, that's the first one. Uh, the second one is going to be uh, on June 21st, and that is the Toyota Chase Utley retirement night. Uh, we play the uh, Miami on that date. Uh, and then the third one will be Ryan Howard. Um, and the Ryan Howard one will be uh, on July 14th is a Sunday. Uh, the Topeka Ryan Howard retirement day. So it's pretty special. Here are the three guys. You know, you can say those three plus Cole and, and Brad Lidge to a certain degree were really the kind of the core of that. Well, those three are really the core of that team. Um, and they all deserve to be retired as a Philly. And it's kind of nice that they want to be retired as a Philly. Absolutely. And I, and I think a great job by the Phillies and you and whoever was involved in doing it individually. I think that's really, uh, really cool for them as well. Yep. And it, it's, this is also the 10th year anniversary of the uh, 19 or I'm sorry, the 2009 team that went to the world series, unfortunately lost to the um, Yankees, but we're going to be honoring them for the, for our alumni. And that is over the weekend of August 2nd. So we're going to have a wall of fame night on the, on the third, and then we're going to have uh, Toyota Phillies alumni day on the fourth. Well, I wanted to ask you about the Wall of Fame night. Um, I, 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 this probably isn't a good thing to say, but I'm not really thrilled with that list of guys that are on that list. How how does that list come up? And uh, some of those guys, I, I'm not sure they're Wall of Famers. What do you think? Well, it's it's Philly's I'm trying Wall of Fame. To be, I'm trying to be nice there. <laughs> no, I know. It's Philly's Wall of Fame. And I think what you've got to look at is, first of all, we always wait for, I believe it's five years for somebody to, um, to be eligible. Uh, we've made some exceptions in the past, obviously, uh, Roy Halliday, uh, last year. Um, but I think what you're going to see is, you know, all those 2008 guys, they're going to start coming up, you know, cause some of them, you know, Chase just retired last year, but you know, Jimmy and, and Ryan retired away back. Brad Lidge retired away back. So Chooch, you're going to have, you're going to have another year, many years where we're going to be, it's going to be a tough decision because we're going to have too many guys to choose from. Um, right now, I think the one, you know, there's uh, there's guys that are in the running, but I think, to me, I, I think it's got to be Bobby Abreu in my mind. Um, it, it's fan voting right now, and then there's a special committee that puts it together. But, I mean, Bobby was on our all-decade or all – wasn't he that uh, – he's on the all-decade team, and, you know, he, he won a gold glove. I know it's uh, a lot of people say he didn't deserve it, but – if you look at his stats, Bobby Abreu, it was kind of a dark period in the sense that we didn't make the playoffs and, and we're, he was on a lot of bad teams. But if you look at his stats alone, I mean, if that guy was on a, on a, the 2008 team or if he was on a team, you know, the, uh, the 2011 team, I mean, it, he would stand out more. But, you know, I think Bobby Abreu should be, you know, should be a worthy contender for the Wall of Fame. Yeah, Me Bobby too. Abreu or, or Scott Rowland, I think, would be uh, the second choice, Scott yeah, Rowland. I, I, you know, it's funny because Scott got a bad rap – uh, I yeah. think if Scott – Scott's another deal that, you know, he played on bad teams. He played in a bad era. If Scott was on that 2008 team, he would be the, one of the most beloved Phillies. And I think he just he, – he, he wasn't happy being – you know, really he and Schilling were the two-star players. And I just don't, don't think – and we weren't spending money at the time. We're at the vet. And I think he wanted to get out. And unfortunately, it just ended in kind of an ugly manner. But anybody who knows Scott Rowland from the clubhouse guys to the coaches to the, to the front office guys – we all love Scott Rowland. He's one of our favorite guys to ever work with. Uh, so he was, you know, it's totally different from what the public sees. And, and if you talk to I, I think he's almost like Chase Utley in the sense that if he had stayed healthy his whole career, um, you know, regardless of what teams he went, if he had stayed healthy his whole career, he, he was definitely heading for a Hall of Fame, uh, forget the Wall of Fame for the Phillies, a Hall of Fame career uh, in general. I mean, he's, he, a lot of people say he was the greatest defense. Mike Schmidt will say he was the greatest defensive third baseman he's ever seen, including himself or Brooks Robinson. Yep. Wow. You may remember, John, that I love bobbleheads. This year I see you have Utley and Howard in connection with their retirement nights. 
And then August 18th, an Aaron Nola bobblehead. That's something new, and uh, I'm going to look forward to getting that one. Aaron Nola, right? Yeah, you know what? It's funny. Bobblehead dolls never go out of fashion. This is my 25th year with the Phillies, <laughs> and, you know, we always try to come up with, you know, unique ideas, and sometimes, you know, we'll come up with uh, the latest fad or, or something that's, that's, you know, maybe special to a player. But bobblehead dolls, you can't go wrong with bobblehead dolls. So, you know, we will always do that. We, we've done it for now. I think almost over 20 years and every team does it now. And it's sometimes there's variations on it, but uh, for the most part, they're, they're very successful. So what, what other events do we have uh, going on this year, John? Uh, again, there's this, we still have the traditional, the fireworks uh, opening day is, is starting a lot earlier uh, than we've ever done. I mean, it's, it's yeah, March crazy. 28th. Gonna, it, it's crazy. We're doing a March 28th, is that an opener, um, which is, uh, again, never never happened. So uh, that is on 305 to Nemours opening day. Of course, we always do a kid's opening day that on Saturday. We, we take a day off in case there's a rain out on that Thursday. That's why there's not a Friday game on the 29th. And then Saturday's uh, 405, uh, that's Cavity Buster's kid's opening day. And then Sunday is the McDonald's opening night T-shirt. We always kind of bounce out a adult giveaway and then a kid's giveaway. So, um you know, I think you just we have a lot of uh, fun traditional series. We're doing a Star Wars night. Um, we're doing a lot of Dollar Dog nights. Um, we're going to be doing Jackie Robinson salute. Uh, which, uh, we're also doing a um, Andrew McCutcheon retro jersey, which would be cool. So um, a retro T-shirt, sorry. Uh, Andrew got sale on April 25th, so that'll be early. So that'll be a good one as well. So a lot of fun promotions going on, but I think. I think as we talked earlier, the best promotion for the Phillies this year is going to be the play on the field. I can't wait to see them, you know, get on the field. And I can't wait to see my first game tomorrow uh, in person to see Real Muto and, and everybody else. Yep. Hey, John, I listened to a few of your podcasts last summer. Good stuff from you and that Tom Burgoyne. And <laughs> I, 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 borrowed, yeah, I borrowed this piece of audio from one of the shows. I'm going to play the audio and then ask you to explain <laughs> What we just heard. Here we three go. Three-two count. Reese Hoskins gets a hold of it. It's going deep. It's going deep. And Grandma hides the cookie jar. Reese Hoskins goes deep for a home run. It is one nothing. Fighting Bills. <laughs> and listen, right, I enjoyed that. One. I enjoyed that, John. <laughs> so, so the the story there is uh, we have affiliates of the Philly station uh, radio. If they want to come down to spring training, they can broadcast during the week when, when we're not on WIP. So WBCB uh, is an affiliate to carry the Phillies games in Bucks County and, and, uh, and parts of Jersey and, and, um, and Northeast Philly. So I've, I've done a radio show on there with Tommy Green, uh, Ricky Vitalico. I've been doing that for over 10 years. So they come down and they asked me about six years ago, can you, can you do a broadcast? Can you, can you broadcast the game? And I said, I've never done a game before. And they said, well, you know, you figured, we figured you'd probably be best because you know the players. So all of a sudden I start panicking because I've never done it before and I want to do it professionally. And so, you know, I, I got to go to the wheels at the time and Scott Fransky and got to, you know, try to get as much as I could. And then I started studying. Well, the first game I played or I, we, I had was the Yankees. Well, as you know, the Yankees have about 30 numbers retired. So in spring training, especially early in spring training, they have – like there, there's like, and they don't have names on the backs. They have like five number 75s on the roster. So I remember like towards the end of the game, I was, I said, uh, coming into the play uh, left field for the Yankees is number 75. Um, <laughs> and then I had to guess which one it was. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't have, I didn't have a home run call. So for like four years, I'm like, I need a home run call. I need a home run call. I said, and then last year I said, if somebody hits a home run, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to do something different. And I didn't really think of, of anything and it happened to me real quick. Reese Hoskins hits one out, and it goes out quick. And all of a sudden, I'm, in my head, I'm like, I need a home run call because I told myself I need – and I have a good buddy of mine who does uh, indoor lacrosse. He does also outdoor lacrosse. His name's Booker Corrigan, one of my best friends growing up. And Booker Corrigan, uh, he quotes uh, hip-hop, Biggie Smalls. He throws, like, a cool modi, like, just puts all these, like, obscure references out there. So I said, you know, I'm gonna, I, I guess I must have channeled Booker right there. And <laughs> I just, I, it just came out of my mouth. The guy who's sitting next to me was looking at me like, what does that mean? And I'm looking at him like, I have no idea what it means. I just said it. But does it, do I need to know what it means to say it? <laughs> so, 
I love so to answer your question, I have no idea what I just said right there. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was great. Hey, one final question from me, John. If Bryce Harper does not sign with the Phillies, what sort of reception should he expect when he comes here as a Dodger or Giant or whoever else he plays with? Um, <laughs> well, I grew up in Philadelphia, so I, I think I've got a pretty good idea, but I guess it depends on how he handles it, how we handle it, and um, you know, it all depends on what's been said afterwards. And, you know, I just hope, I hope that's not the case. And I hope we still do sign him. And, uh, you know, until, until I see where he signs somewhere else, I'm still not going to believe that, that, you know, he's not with us. So, uh, okay. let's just hope that, uh, keep our fingers crossed that we have a, we still have a shot at him. And, um, and if, but if not, you know, you guys know Philadelphia as well as I do. It, it, it could be tough sledding. Oh, yes, <laughs> All right. Well, hey, John, we we appreciate you taking time to join us, especially on your very first night in town. And uh, I hope to get to meet up with you over there at Clearwater here. I was there today, but had to run out. Are you are you going to be here the next couple of days? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll be here throughout. Right. Let me know where you are tomorrow, and I'll, I'll come visit. Okay. Sounds great. Thanks, John. Thanks, All right. John. See you, guys. See All you. right. Thanks. Hey, Chet, if you're looking for insurance in the tri-state area, we've got the spot for you. All-State Insurance in Westchester, PA. Yes, indeed, Bill. It is true. One of the best benefits of having an All-State Insurance policy is getting a local agent like Dave Lavoie, who is dedicated to you. Building that personal relationship means you can work with someone who knows you and understands your family's needs, someone you can call when you have questions or need help. Dave is dedicated to protecting what's most important to you and your family. Click on the Allstate banner on our Philly Press Box Radio website or call Dave directly at 610-430-0700. That is 610-430-0700. Dave Lavoie at Allstate Insurance in Westchester. And, hey, Bill, this one is for you. Say goodbye to Hollywood. <laughs> Absolutely, we'll see it. You <laughs> well, we can't say goodbye because I never, I never did see him. But hey, Chet, <laughs> while we're giving shout outs, let's give a shout out to the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page, so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. You've continued to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. There are only 21 lines available, so your chances of winning are 1 in 21. Pretty good odds. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC118 Razroom. That's right. PPCC118 Razroom on Facebook. And, Chet, by the way, uh, a couple winners this week took home a Jimmy Rollins signed jersey and a Mike Schmidt signed baseball. So there's a little bit for everybody. Not bad. Well, hey, Chad, i got to tell you, uh, I always ask you about this time of the show, who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week, but i got to tell you, Brian Propp and John Brazier were fantastic guests tonight. Yeah, we've been on a roll here the last month and a half, really, with terrific guests, just unbelievable, and I hope the people out there listening enjoy it because we're having a great time doing these shows for you. That's right. We've got Brandon Lee Gowton's going to come with us on Sunday. And then we're going to take off next Wednesday, right? And then we'll be back the following Wednesday. Yeah, this Sunday, again, it's our live show at the Irish Rover Station House in beautiful Langhorne, Pennsylvania. Uh, We're going to be joined by Brandon, as you mentioned. He's from Bleeding Green Nation, as well as our frequent contributor, Fred Hugo, is going to be there with us. And we believe a whole bunch of our friends from the area who listen to us most weeks, some of whom we've met before, some of whom we haven't. Uh, We'll get it all started right at 2 p.m. on Sunday, but get there ahead of time. I will. Uh, if you are planning to join us, get there, find a seat, grab a beer, get ready to have some fun with us. And if you can't make it out, the good news is that if all goes well, we will stream it live via Facebook Live. And as you mentioned, yes, we will be off next Wednesday and then coming back, I guess, Wednesday, March 13th. And I can tell you that we will have the great Bob Boop Vatrone joining us that night, as well as someone talking about baseball. I just haven't figured out exactly who it's going to be. Well, and you know, uh, Chet, if the if the Philly sports teams do something that make us be on next Wednesday, we'll be on next Wednesday. Wednesday, just cause we can. Maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, all right. Well, hey, uh, we mentioned in the opening about Nick Foles today over at uh, the Nova Care Center. It looks like Foles' days are are I guess officially numbered as an Eagle. Uh, thoughts on that? 
Yeah, how he made it official, they will allow Nick Foles to be a free agent. The guess is that he was, you know, looking to talk to other teams about possibly trading him somewhere. They would have to franchise tag him to do that, but they couldn't get anything definite lined up, so they did the right thing and just are going to allow him to become a free agent. And there are already betting odds out there that he's going to end up with either Jacksonville or the Washington Redskins. Those are the top two teams as far as who will end up with Nick Foles this summer. Well, I am going to go on out on that limb, and I am going to say, and I've already said this several weeks ago, he's going to Jacksonville. Yeah, you may be right. That, and that's going to be my. He's going to live forever. He's going to live forever as one of the all-time great Eagles for what he did, getting them their first Super Bowl trophy. He took over for Carson Wentz late in the 2017 season, and of course, just kept winning and winning in the playoffs with two of the most memorable games ever beating the Vikings and then, of course, the Patriots in Super Bowl 52. Tried to do it for a second year in a row, didn't quite work out, but he's never going to be forgotten in Philadelphia. I compare it to Moses Malone, you know, with the faux, faux, faux back in 1983. That's something that Sixers fans will never forget. Here we are 36 years later, never forgetting that. And that's the way it's going to be for everybody who's, you know, 15 or 20 or 30 years old now. They're going to remember what Nick Foles did back in 2017-18 to get the Eagles that first Super Bowl trophy. Yep, and and the same can be said back in in our younger days with Pete Rose. He he certainly came in and became the straw that stirred the drink back in those days. And uh, you know, other than all Pete's outside crazy stuff, uh, the Phillies certainly don't win a World Series without Pete Rose back in that day, and they certainly don't win without Nick Foles uh, and, winning in yeah. Super Bowl. And you go back to the mid-70s with the Flyers. I mean, you talk Bobby Clark and Bernie Perrant and the Broad Street Bullies. They won two Stanley Cups. Those guys are still immortal today, 40, 45 years later. Yep, yep. Well, and I think uh, so much can be said for the person that, that Nick Foles has portrayed, uh, you know, nothing but a class act all the way. And, uh, you know, I think it, obviously we say this all the time, same with Wayne Simmons, it's a business. Um, business things have to be done, but um, – Certainly Nick Foles is going to be missed, and heaven forbid Carson Wentz gets hurt uh, or something happens to him again, there will be a lot of shouting for where is Nick Foles. Yeah, and oh, speaking of getting hurt, on a totally different subject, we didn't get to mention this with John Brazier, but I see that Roman Quinn is hurt yet again, and our other center fielder, Aldubel Herrera, is out with a hamstring injury. So, Bill, can you play center field? Well, I can tell you um, – I saw Roman Quinn on Sunday, and he was playing, um, and he looked great. So I don't know really what, what exactly happened to him, but I did read about O'Double. Is he's got this uh, hamstring. I believe it's a hamstring, yeah. and it is a deep hamstring that yeah. is not going to heal in the in the first couple of minutes, uh, it doesn't look like. So that's not good. Um, and uh, we'll yeah, Roman Quinn's got an oblique strain, I believe, and they're not sure how long he's going to be out. But boy, that guy just cannot stay healthy. He's what 26 years old now, and you know time is running out on him. He's got to stay healthy for a season if he's going to have any kind of a career. And Oduble came into camp last year, not in the greatest of shape, and now here he is, you know, a week into spring training, and he's already hurt. So that does not bode well. No, no, and. Uh... I can tell you, I'm a little disappointed in the way this whole thing has turned out because one of our insider friends with the Phillies, who we will be will remain nameless because I don't want to be giving away his secrets, but you know him well. Uh, when I saw him on Sunday, told me that it looked like the Bryce Harper deal was a done deal on Tuesday. Uh, you know, I don't know if this whole thing is a Scott Morris ploy, or or he's just working the media, or how this thing is going. But the other thing that uh, that I was told is that Bryce Harper never did want to play in Philadelphia, and not that it's a Philadelphia thing, but that he wants to play on the West Coast. And this is all about just bumping money up and bumping money mm-hmm. up, and um, you know, and Scott Boris is doing what he's supposed to do, but he's doing it at, at the expense of these teams. And, and quite frankly, I think it's it's making a bit of a farce out of baseball now that we're all the way into, you know, almost a week complete of spring training. Yeah, and it does sound like they are using the Phillies basically to drive up the price for these other teams to get a longer deal from either the Giants or the Dodgers. 
And I'm with you, man. You know, if he doesn't want to be here, fine. Just get this thing settled and let's put it in our rearview mirror and we can all move on. Well, I'm going to throw one thing at you, Chet, for for our real baseball fans out there listening that you you probably would never think of. But again, our insider told me this is uh, the union is involved in this. And of course, the union wants the biggest possible deal because it makes the next deal bigger yet, you know. And so there's a lot of side things going on and backroom things going on that Joe fan like us, we don't even think about. Um, but there, there's just so many moving parts back behind the scenes. Yep. Let's just get it settled somehow. Absolutely. Sooner the better. And, and, and you know, one, one final comment on this, and I'd like to get this from you, Chet, your thoughts. Uh, if this falls through, does that I, – I, I wonder how the fans are going to react. Are the, will the fans look at, at Clintac and that bunch as, as having failed? I look at it – I will not look at it that way. I think, as we said earlier, they boosted their team up. They've offered this guy to moon. If he doesn't want it, move on. And no, no bad feelings towards the Phillies organization and what they tried to do this offseason. Yeah, you've got to have limits. I don't agree with the Mike Missinelli's of the world who say – that it's a failure if you don't get him, that you have to basically give him whatever he wants. You've got to have some kind of limits. And if you have a you know, $330 million limit and he turns that down, you're not to blame. You made your best offer. You know you need money for other needs. So just move on. No, I'm not going to blame the Phillies. If they indeed made a good-faith, high offer, I'm not going to hold them responsible and you know, hate them for it. So. I hope we have news on I'm with this you. finally tomorrow. I'm with you. And and with uh, with all the other trades they've made, they've obviously tried to uh, to set themselves up to be successful, and uh, they'll just have to do it without Harper as far as I'm concerned. Yep. All right. Hey, Chet, let's let our listeners know and remind our loyal listeners to visit our Philly Press Box Radio website, phillypressboxradio.com. We cover all the big stories of the Philly sports teams. We also write a few articles ourselves. And you can listen to our last two podcasts and our latest Vimeo as well. We still have our sponsor banners going across the top. You can click on the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, Allstate Insurance, and go directly to their websites. Remember, it's PhillyPressBoxRadio.com. And, Chet, I do not have a parting shot today because I was sitting in traffic all day, so I'm not up to date on a few things. So I'm going to leave the parting shots to you tonight, my friend. Here we go. As a Philly sports fan, Bill, my TV is quite often on the NBC Sports Philadelphia channel. Phillies, Sixers, and Flyers games, Eagles postgame live during football season, Sportsnet Central every morning, really, and Philly Sports Talk every weekday afternoon. I actually record PST every day and watch it later that night or the next morning on my DVR. Well, sadly, NBC Sports Philly announced on Monday that after this week and 21 years total, Philly Sports Talk, the former Daily News Live back in the day, will be ending its run, giving way to a fourth hour of the video version of Mike Missinelli's daily radio show. Why? Well, NBC Sports Philly said the move was made largely to reallocate resources toward game coverage, namely pre- and post-game shows. It's the latest move in an overhaul of the regional network, which in recent years parted ways with many anchors and reporters, including Neil Hartman, Leslie Goodell, Dee Lynham, Ron Burke, many others. Since last spring, Amy Fadul and Mark Farzetta have hosted Philly Sports Talk, and in my opinion have done a real good job with it. The good news is neither Amy nor Mark are losing their jobs, but I'm really going to miss the daily discussions about the pertinent topic the never-boring Philly sports scene. So R-I-P-P-S-T. Well, and you know what, Chet? I knew that's what you were going to say. So, <laughs> hell, here we go. What are you going to do? The, the world of uh, sports television and radio certainly is changing, but you know what? Philly Press Box Radio is still here. That's right. Coming up on our five-year anniversary at the end of April. You got it. Well, with that, we've reached the top of our hour. Let's thank our special guest tonight, Brian Prop, John Brazer, our sponsors, Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester for their continued support of our show. For Jim Chesko, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio live Sunday, March 3rd, and on Facebook Live from the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne at 2 p.m. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. Closing time.
you can't stay. 